0: Thank you again, brothers and sisters, for those who are tuned in via public radio for listening to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. We have been on air now for 13 years. Again, 13 years we've been on the air here on the Bible Class Truth Hour. And it's just um, all praises due to the Most High God of Israel for keeping us and allowing us to be here this long. I remember when I first started It was right after I lost my 15 year old son to cancer and I was looking and searching for answers. I had already been attending Bible class with Brother Julius and Brother Stearns which is Brother Bowie's teacher. And um, then I began to go to the Israel of God once um, Brother Stearns passed away and I would go and be taught by Brother Andrew in the Wednesday night Bible class and many things that I already knew I started gaining understanding of the knowledge that I already had. And so when the brother started connecting the dots and building on the foundation that brother Julius and brother Stearns had already laid with me and brother Andrew, I got to give him much credit for that. He began to build on that and the questions that I had and the things that I believed in, the brother didn't reject it because it wasn't wrong. He just said, hey, this is why we do what we do over here. And this is why when we read the what we believe, when I mentioned the name Yahshua and some of the other things that brothers use, we don't say that they're wrong. We just explain to them why we use the name Jesus over here. But we'll go over that in a minute. But right now, let's get ready to stand up and face Jerusalem. And then we're going to get into tonight's Bible class. Tonight's lesson is the restoration of a holy nation biblical black history part four the restoration of a holy nation all right so let's get ready to stand up face jerusalem brothers if you have a hat on please remove your hats sisters if you don't have a hair covering on at this time please go and get one so that you can be in compliance with the ordinance of god and we're going to get over that in what we believe let's stand up and face Jerusalem. Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we thank you for allowing us to come before you on, on another Tuesday, Father God. With this, Father God, to us is holy ground, and we pray that your word, that we are departing among the masses of your people, makes it also holy, Father God. We pray that you come into this room, come into this lesson, Father God, come into our minds and come into our hearts. And be released through our lips, Father God, so that those who are watching and listening can be edified and educated on your word as it is written in the Bible, Father God. When they walk away from this lesson tonight, let them not say, Brother Black Ice said, let them say that Brother Black Ice read, and we read it with him, what thus saith the Lord. We pray that all those who are watching and listening are edified and that you are glorified in your mighty Son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and get ready to get into our lesson tonight. The restoration of a holy nation. Again, the restoration of a holy nation. Let's get ready, brothers and sisters. And we're going live in 10 seconds. Well, not live, but we are... Um, getting ready for um, our YouTube in 10 seconds, five, four, three, two. Well, thank you, YouTube, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the six-time national award-winning POET radio. I'm excited to bring to you tonight's lesson, which is the restoration of a holy nation. Again, the restoration of of a holy nation let's get into tonight's lesson because again we went over part one we've gone over part two we've gone over part three and we've gone and tonight you get part four of biblical black history now in part one we went over from adam to israel and we showed you that Adam and his son, Seth, and I know what you're saying, what happened to Cain and Abel? Well, Cain had killed Abel, and so Abel was cut off because he was murdered by his brother, and Cain, the murderer, was disinherited, so it went to Adam's third son, Seth. So from Adam to Seth, of course, to Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, but through those three sons, you go down through Shem, and you get jacob whose name was changed to israel we talked about that in the lesson brothers and sisters and part two we dealt with identity or i'm sorry we dealt with um the um the color of the israelites and how we always pass for the africans because both africans and israelites are dark or black and can in skin complexion Part three, we dealt with identity theft. How the children of Israel are spread throughout the four corners of the world. And if we're spread throughout the four corners of the world, then who are the people who are in the land today? They can't be the people of the Bible because the Lord says that he's gonna gather us from every nation in which he has scattered us in. And so you're talking about genealogy? You know how you go and take the test and you either swab your mouth or or take a hair and they are supposed to give you your genealogy of who you are, and what family you're connected to. Well, they can't tell you this, brothers and sisters. They can only tell you that you're from some part of Africa. Every human being is from some part of Africa because Africa or what is called Africa, that name was given to it by the Romans. Everyone has a part of Africa in their DNA, but Africa, before the Suez Canal was built in the early 1900s, had over 60 nations in it. 60 countries, over 60 countries in it. Today, there's 54 countries in Africa. But before the Suez Canal, There was over 60 countries in Africa, and Israel was one of those countries. But today, they call it the Middle East. Well, if there's a Middle East, then where's the Southeast? Where's the West East? Where's the Northeast? Where's the East East? It doesn't exist. And so... When the European comes and change the names and give us a name for this and a name for that, it's up to you whether you want to believe it or not, brothers and sisters. There was no issue with us walking from Israel to Egypt back in the day. Let's get into tonight's lesson. Now. Let's get into 70 AD. Because we led up to 70 AD when our people were kicked out of Israel. The Romans came in through the general Titus. The war eventually started with Vespasia as the as the general. But Vespasia went back to Rome to become the emperor of Rome. And he left his son Titus to wage the war against the Israelites. And so let's see what happened when he captured many of the Black Hebrew Israelites that were not killed and didn't flee into Africa. Let's see what happened. We're going to go ahead and type in the resource library encyclopedia about the Roman Colosseum. When were they built? Now, we know that the Romans came in in 70 AD and waged the war on Jerusalem. But what else happened after the war was over in 70 AD? Let's read. It says the Colosseum also named the Flavian Amphitheater is a large amphitheater in Rome. It was built during the reign of the Flavian Empire, emperors as a gift to the Roman people. Construction of the Colosseum began between 70 AD and 72 under the Emperor Vespasian. Remember, part three, we talked about how the Romans came in to Jerusalem, into Israel in 70 AD, and finally penetrated our walls and defeated the rebellion forces what do you think they did with the spoils and those whom they captured they took them to rome to construct this roman coliseum that you look at and that you marvel at today you go over there to look at the ruins of the roman Colosseum and have no idea that your ancestors built it it says it opened nearly a decade later and was modified several times in the following years. The massive structure measured approximately 189 by 156 meters, 620 by 513 feet, towered um, two stories, I'm sorry, four stories high, and included 80 entrances to the amphitheater and 76 um, in, in the patrons two participants of events, and two exclusively for the emperor to use. The sheer number of entrances proved to be necessary. The Colosseum could hold more than 50,000 spectators at its maximum capacity. When the Colosseums first opened, the Emperor Titus celebrated with a hundred days of gladiator games. And you can go and look that because that, my brothers and sisters, are historical facts. Again, those into our lesson. Throughout the course of the transatlantic slave trade, an estimated 12 million Israelites and Africans were captured and forcibly shipped Across the Atlantic on more than 35,000 voyages, on more than 35,000 voyages starting in the 17th century, the African diaspora scattered Israelite Africans throughout the Caribbean and Americas. The first slave ship to land in colonial America went to Jamestown, Virginia, in August of 1619. The name The first African slave ship out of the United States was Desire, which sailed out of Massachusetts 18 years later. This forced migration caused the displacement, torture, enslavement, and murder of many Africans, according to the African American slave trade ships and records, for genealogy. Let's get into the Bible now, because we are reading recorded history, but let's get into the Bible now. This is part four, the restoration of a holy nation. Let's talk about slavery, captivity, being scattered and oppressed as being part of the prophecy of the Lord. Let's go to the book of Joel, the third chapter. The book of Joel, the third chapter the book of Joel, the third chapter, and we're gonna read verses three and four, and then we're gonna go down to six. It says, and they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that they might drink. Now, you know, during slavery, they would take the little boys and they would take the little girls away from their parents and their mothers and their fathers and take them to the auction block and sell them to another plantation and another plantation owner. Well, this was nothing that was not already foretold of what would happen to the children of Israel. Now, I'll read it again. And they have cast lots for my people and have driven a boy for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine that they might drink. Yeah, and what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and all the coast of Palestine? Will you render me a recompense? And if you recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? everybody had a part in the slavery and the oppression of the Israelites, brothers and sisters which you call african american today let's read verse six it says the children also of judah and the children of jerusalem have you sold unto the grecians that you might remove them far from their border the grecians are a seed of japhat one of noah's sons the gentiles the europeans so yes greeks came and got us romans came and got us and all of the other european nations came and got us and benefited off of slave labor but let's continue reading let's go to the book of daniel the ninth chapter daniel 9 verses 9 through 12. daniel 9 verses 9 Two twelve. 12. He gave us statues he gave us commandments and he commanded us to walk by them to keep them and he delivered us these statutes, laws and commandments by the prophets he said yeah all israel has transgressed thy law even by departing that they might not obey thy voice therefore the curse uh-oh Haven't we been talking about this curse from part two to part three, even to today, part four, that the Lord placed us under? And slavery was a part of that curse, brothers and sisters. Let's read it again at verse 11, Daniel 9 and 11. Yeah, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. Brothers and sisters, when I was younger, I used to blame the white man. I used to be angry when I used to watch that documentary Eyes on the Prize, how they sprayed water hoses on us and sick dogs on us and how we were stacked like sardines in a sardine can on the slave ships being brought over here to America and the West Indies and the Caribbean. But I didn't know as a child. That this was part of the curse that the Lord placed on our people for our ancestors' disobedience against him. It says at verse 12, he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven have not been done as have been done upon Jerusalem. Did you hear what it said? Ain't nobody on earth, no other nation, no other nationality, no other country have experienced what we have experienced in this world. Why? (laughs) Because the Lord gave us a choice and we were the only nation under God's heaven that he developed a relationship with we turned our backs against them. Let's go to Psalms 44, 9 through 14. Psalms 44 9 through 14 and it reads, "But you has cast off and put us to shame and go not forth with our armies you make us to turn back from the enemy and they which hate us spoil for themselves so people hated us because we were israelites because we were hebrews because we were the chosen of god and they swarmed on us and god took the hedge of protection from around us and allowed them to do the things that they did to us, fulfilling the prophecy of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, verses 15 through 68. Psalms 44 and 11, it says, "'You have given us like sheep appointed for meat, and have scattered us among the heathen.'" Why does it keep speaking about scattering us among all the nations? Can you find another people on earth that have been scattered among all the nations of the earth? Name one. Even if you talk about the people that were persecuted and burned in ovens under Hitler, they were not even scattered among all the nations of the earth. They were not put into slavery. Their children were not put on auction blocks and sold to other people, and plantations. No, brothers and sisters, the only people that fit this description that it speaks of concerning the children of Israel are the sons and daughters of the transatlantic slave trade. Verse 12, it says, you sold your people for naught and does not increase your wealth by their price. You make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are, that, that are round about us. You make us a byword among the nations. That's why in one nation, you're called Jamaican. In another nation, you're called Haitian. In another nation, you were called nigger and, and black and porch monkey and tar baby and 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 uh uh afro american and african american because the lord told you here that you will become a byword among the nations a shaking of the head among all the people because every time they turn on the news it's something about you and i and they're shaking their head what's wrong with these people we've had Three or four mass shootings in Chicago within the past four days. And people are looking at us and shaking their heads. What's wrong with these people? They don't understand that it's the curse. We've been hated so much that we've been taught to hate ourselves. And anything that looks like it looks like. The person that we see in the mirror, we hate that person. All of this is part of the curse, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Psalm 69 and read verses 6 through 9. Psalm 69, verses 6 through 9. Brothers and sisters, we got to take you through the journey before we show you the restoration of a holy nation. And that is tonight's lesson, the restoration of a holy nation. Well, let's go to Psalm 69, verses 6 through 9. It says, let not them that wait on you, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek you be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. Because for your sake, I have borne reproach. Shame have covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. This is Jesus speaking through the words of David. He said, I've become a stranger to my own brethren. So when Jesus came in the flesh, if you read the book of John, the first chapter, verse 10, it says he was in and the word was made flesh. He was in the world. And the world was made by him. And when he came, he wasn't accepted by his Israelite brothers and sisters. He said he he became a stranger and an alien to his mother's children. Verse 9, for the zeal of thine house have eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. We turned our back against the Lord in the book of Deuteronomy after he had already freed us from the bondage of Israel. And when he came in the flesh, we turned our backs on him and put him on a cross and crucified him. Imagine your own children turning their backs on you and attacking you some parents have even said i regret the day that i brought you into the world and the lord has felt that same way about us that he has regretted the day that he brought us into the world as human beings and as an adopted family let's go to romans 15 romans 15 and we're going to read verses 1 romans 15 we're going to start at verse 1 then we're going to go through 3. romans 15 one through three, it says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. What does that mean? When you can edify someone, not just by the words of the Lord, but by your actions, because faith without works is dead so when someone can see the god inside of you it begins to make them curious their spirit begins to ask the question well man how do they always stay positive How do they manage to always get up every day out of their beds, get in their car or get on public transportation, show up at their job and deal with all the people, negative people that they have to deal with at their job and continue to have a smile on their face? And continue to stay so positive, they must know something that I don't know. And then when they talk to you, you begin to tell them about the greatness of God and of God's word and our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the anointed one. Then you begin to edify them through your actions, through your works, based on your faith. Verse three, it said for even Christ, pleased not himself, but as it is written, The reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Isn't that what we just read in the book of Psalms, the 69th chapter, verses six through nine? Shows you how this Bible and both the Old Testament or the scripture and the New Testament or the testimony are in line and in sync with one another, brothers and sisters. But we got to get this restoration of a holy nation. So the question is, has God forgotten about us? Yes, we are in America under somebody else's name that they gave us, African American. Yes, we're all in the Caribbean under different names of the nations that we are in in the countries where we're residing in right now. Are we too far? Where God cannot retrieve us has he forgotten about us let's go and look at the word and see what the word says about that brothers and sisters let's go to the book of mark the 13th chapter 24 through 27 mark 13 24 through 27 mark 13 Verse 24 through 27. And it reads, But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together. Wait a minute. He's going to send his angels and these angels shall gather together his elect from the four winds. From the uttermost parts of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Well, in this text, heaven is referring to earth, brothers and sisters. Because we're spread it throughout the four corners of the earth, and earth is the first heaven. So in this text, it said he's gonna send his angels to gather his elect. We're talking about the restoration of a holy nation. We got to find out who his elect is. Let's go, let's go to Zephaniah 3, 18 and 20. Zephaniah. The third chapter, verses 18 through 20, it says, I will gather them. It, it it keeps talking about gathering a people. Why would you need to gather anybody if they're already in the land in one place? There's something wrong with this picture here, brothers and sisters the puzzle the piece to the puzzle is not fitting but we've got the missing piece to the puzzle and the missing piece to the puzzle are those that are spread throughout the four corners of the world world scattered as the lord puts it by ships by way of the transatlantic slave trade let's continue reading it says i will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are thee to whom the reproach of it was a burden behold at that time i will undo all that afflict you and i will save her that haileth and gather her that was driven out and i will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame so you think they've been making a mockery of you since you've been over here in america They spat upon you and I. They had laws that said that we were three-fourths of a human being. They sick dogs on our people, water hoses on our people. And they put us to shame. But we don't have to worry about getting revenge, brothers and sisters, because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So the Lord says in the book of Zephaniah, the third chapter, he said, I will get them, every nation that you've gone into, praise and fame in every land where you have been put to shame. And at that time, I will bring you again, even in the time that I gather you. When is he going to gather us? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. We just read it in the book of Mark. For I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity, it has to be a people in captivity. That's who we're looking for. A people that were taken into captivity, who were sold, whose children were sold. The Lord says at verse 20, Zephaniah 3 and 20, it says, I will make you a name and praise among all people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. This is enough to make you high, to make you full, to make you happy reading what's in store for our people and our nation. Now, as we spoke about it last week, brothers and sisters, if it were not for our fall, The Gentiles would not have been grafted in to the body of Christ. So yes, they may look at us and may look down on us, but they owe us a debt of gratitude because if it wasn't for our disobedience, if it wasn't for us falling away from the Lord, Lord, they wouldn't have been grafted in, brothers and sisters. Well, I'm not going to say they wouldn't have been grafted in, but I'm, I am going to say what the word says, that they were grafted in because of our disobedience, because of our fall. Let's go and read it. Romans 11, 1 through 5. Romans 11. 1 through 5. And it reads... I say then, have God cast away his people? We're still asking that question. It says, God forbid, absolutely not. But I also, Paul says, am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham, the, the, the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not, what the scripture said in uh, Eli- um, Elias, How he make intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time, also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And that is you and I, brothers and sisters, who are not afraid to come on these platforms, to go before our families, our friends, and our co-workers, and share with them that Israel is alive and well. And we are waiting on the Lord, brothers and sisters we are still here i was speaking with a sister named sarah yesterday a sister of indian descent and we always talk the bible talk about the bible we always talk about the word of god and when i began to speak to her about biblical black history because i invited her to our program for tomorrow i began to share with her the description that the Bible gives of the children of Israel. And when I began to show her some of the things that were written in the Bible that she reads, she was shocked. She was amazed. And we've always talked about the Bible. We always go over things. But when I was able to show it to her and she could read it for herself with her own eyes, you can tell that her mind began to question the things that she once knew to be true i spoke to her about the curse and why our people are in the condition that we are in however this is the condition that the children of israel are supposed to be in according to the word of god we're in the book of romans the 11th chapter we're talking about how, how our fall allowed the Gentiles to be grafted in. We're going to read Romans 11, 13 through 26, and it reads, For I speak to you Gentiles in as much as I am apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, Israelites, and might save some of them, for if the casting away of them, talking about us, be the reconciling the recon, um, of the world, opening up the door for the other sons and daughters of Adam, it says, what shall the receiving of them when he gathers us back from the places in which he scattered us? What would the receiving of them be but life? From the dead. It says, for for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Who is the first fruit, brothers and sisters? The first fruit is none other than Jesus. And those who are in the first resurrection are also called the first fruits and so if the first fruits be holy the lump is also holy who's the lump the lump is israel it says and if the root be holy so are the branches oh now here we go because israel ain't the only branch no more and so we welcome you brothers and sisters of every nationality, in every nation, in every tongue, in every every country, we welcome you into the branch that we originally only had ourselves. It says, and for it says, and if at verse seventeen some of the branches be broken off, which we were, and you being a wild olive tramp, uh, olive olive tree, Gentiles were grafted in among them. And with them partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So you get to partake in Jesus. You get to partake in the Holy One. You get to partake in the tree of life with us now. It says, boast not against the branches. But if you boast, you bear not the root, but the root thee. It says, thou will say then the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in, which is true. It says, well, because of unbelief, we were broken off. And you, stand as by faith, be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, you see what he did to us. Take heed, lest he also spare not you. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail, talking about us, severity, but toward you, goodness if you if you got to do this though you got to do what we didn't do if you continue in his goodness otherwise you also shall be cut off and they also if they abide not steal in unbelief if we who are called by god's name israel will humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways it says right here it says if we abide still in unbelief shall be um, let me read that over it says and they also if they abide not still in unbelief in other words if we change that unbelief to belief then we're going to be grafted in for god is able to graft them in again it says, "For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, talking about the Gentiles, because a remnant of them or a segment of them will be taken, it says, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, and that's why you got to be." And there were many people that always talked about the nature of the Gentile. The Bible calls his nature wild by nature. That's how we can be so forgiving. Any, anything that we've done or had done to us, we can come back, we can accept you, we can pray with you, we can open up our arms and embrace you, but let them do the same thing to us. They would never do that to the nations that did the things that they did to them. No, brothers and sisters. because their nature is wild. It says, how much more these, which be natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that the blindness in part is happened to Israel. So some of the reason why we went through what we went through, because remember, there has to be a sacrificial lamb that the whole world can benefit from so it says right here that blindness in part so some of the blindness was done because of our disobedience but some of the blindness was done in part that the gentiles be accepted into the olive branch. Let me read that. It said that the blindness in part happened to Israel, and to the fullness of the Gentiles, become in, and so all Israel shall be saved. Wait a minute. He hadn't forgot about you, brother and sister from Chicago. Brothers and sisters from North Carolina and South Carolina. He hadn't forgot about you. No matter where you are on this planet earth, it says, All Israel shall be saved, as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So I am awaiting that moment, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the restoration of a holy nation. Now, some of you are concerned well what's going to happen to the people that did all this thing to my ancestors what's going to happen to them don't worry about that vengeance is mine saith the lord let's go to the book of zechariah 12 7 through 9 the book of zechariah 12 verses 7 through 9 and it reads the lord also shall save the tents of judah First, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. And the day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he that is feeble among them at the day shall be as David. And the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourner for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. It was us who pierced him brothers and sisters. The Romans may have did it, but we were the ones that delivered him up to the Romans. It was our responsibility, but it had to be done. Just like the whole congregation of Israel was to take a lamb during Moses' day and kill it, and take the blood of the lamb on the 14th day of the first month at evening to make sure that it was over there to stay under the blood to avoid death well we got to stay under the blood today but the blood cannot be shed unless jesus died for the remission of our sins So, the Lord saw this happening all the way in the book of Genesis because, in the book of Genesis, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. The moment that Adam sinned, Jesus had to die. He had to come into the world to die, brothers and sisters. So, the Lord set these things up to happen in certain ways in order for israel to be saved and in order for the whole world to have a chance at salvation if it's a heavy price to pay brothers and sisters but somebody had to pay it let's go to hosea 13 and 9. hosea 13 and 9 we want to blame everybody else brothers and sisters hosea thirteen. And nine, and it reads, O Israel, you have destroyed yourself. But in me is your help. Who destroyed us? We destroyed ourselves. But the Lord said in him is our help. We're talking about the restoration of a holy nation. We only got a few more places to go, brothers and sisters. As a result of the hate that we've experienced, it has taught us to hate ourselves. And now you see us turning in on ourselves. Well, the biggest killer among black people in America are black people. And you ain't going to see no protesting and no marching. And no picket signs when we kill ourselves. Have you ever thought about that? We screen Black Lives Matter, but do it really matter? Or does it only matter when police kill Black people? Or oh, when one of another nation kill another person? Or oh, they're not good enough to kill Black people, but Black people are good enough to kill themselves? Come on, Israel. We got to do better. The Lord only requires us to do one thing. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. This does not apply to everybody, brothers and sisters. This applies to you and I and those who are part of the Israelite nation. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. And for a long time I was reading this and I was watching other people read this and I never understood that this was specifically a message for you and I. So, uh let me see, let me get it. let me make sure I got it right. 2nd Chronicles, where am I at? 7 and 14. It says, "If my people, who are his people, Israel, which are called by his name, what is one of the Lord's names, it's Israel." shall humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways then will he hear from heaven and forgive us our sin and heal our land but that don't mean that we can get out of this today that we can get out of this tomorrow that we can get out of this next year or the next 3 years we can only get from under the curse that he placed us on When he comes back and he doesn't come back until, as the Bible says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give off her light and the stars shall fall. Then shall you see the son of man coming in the clouds out of heaven. So we can do all of this, and we should be doing all of this: humbling ourselves, seeking His face, being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. So when He does come back, if we're alive, we will be prepared, or we would, or we we will be prepared when we take our last breath. Let's go to the book of. 1 Kings 8, the 8th chapter, 26 through 29. 1 Kings 8, 26 through 29, and it reads, And now, O God of Israel, let your word, I pray you, be verified which you spake of unto the servant, and to your servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built it. And this is Solomon speaking to the Lord. It says, yet you have respect unto the prayer of your servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which your servant prayeth before you this day, that thine eyes may be open towards this house night and day, even towards the place of which you have said, My name shall be there, that that you may listen unto the prayer which your servant shall make towards this place. What is this place? Is Israel. That's why we stand up and we pray towards Jerusalem. We face towards the east. Not that we have to do that, but Solomon petitioned the Lord, saying that if we make a prayer toward towards that place where he chose to put his name, that he would listen to us, um, brothers and sisters i gotta keep reading this i gotta keep going down sister key i'm sorry let's keep reading it says at verse 30 it says and listen you to the supplication of your servant and of your people israel when they shall pray towards this place and you in heaven your dwelling place and and hear you Uh, In heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. If any man trespass against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him to cause him to swear, and the oath come before thine altar in this house, then hear thou in heaven, and do and judge thy servants, condemning the wicked to bring this way upon his head, and justifying the righteous to give him according to his righteousness. Brothers and sisters, our ancestor, our father, King Solomon, petitioned the Lord for us that if we prayed towards the east, in the name of Jesus, that the Lord will hear our prayer. Verse 41, it said, moreover, concerning a stranger that is not of your people, Israel, but cometh out of a far country for your name's sake. For they shall hear of your great name and of the strong hand of thy stretched out arm when he shall come and pray towards this house. Hear thou in heaven, your dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all people of the earth may know your name, to fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have built is called by your name. Oh, brothers and sisters. This is why they told you not to. Read the Old Testament, because they know when you read the Old Testament that you would see things in there that was strictly pertaining to you and your condition and the restoration of your nation. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel. No matter what condition we're in today, no matter where we live and what has happened to us. The Lord is going to turn our captivity. He's going to turn our suffering. We're talking about the restoration of a holy nation. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel 29, 25 to 29. Ezekiel 29, 25 to 29. and it reads, oh, wait a minute, Ezekiel 29, let me make sure, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 39, 25 through 29. Ezekiel 39, 25 through 29, and it reads, therefore thus saith the Lord, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel and will be jealous for my holy name. After that, they have borne their shame and all their trespasses whereby they have trespassed against me when they dwelt safely in their land and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations. Then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the nations. But I have gathered them unto their own land, and have left none of them any more there. So there's none of you going to be left here in America, brothers and sisters, and none of you are going to be left in Europe and none of you are going to be left in Asia. And none of you are going to be left in the Caribbean and anywhere else where we have scattered. Because the Lord says, I have left none of them anymore there in any of the lands where he scattered us. It says at verse 29, neither will I hide my face anymore from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord. This is beautiful, brothers and sisters. Beautiful. Let's go down to the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. We only got two more places to go. We are landing this plane. We are closing Oh my God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful for your word and this platform and you allowing us and me to bear the burden of carrying your word to your people, Israel, to give them that good news that the kingdom is coming and he's going to restore a holy nation Back to our rightful place. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 5. Deuteronomy 30. Verses 1 through 5. And it reads, and it shall come to pass. When all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee. And you shall call them to mind among all the nations where the, Lord have, where the Lord your God have driven you and shall return unto the Lord your God and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul, that then the Lord your God will turn your captivity and have compassion upon you and will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God have scattered you if any of you be driven out unto the uttermost parts of heaven which which means earth from there will the Lord your God gather you from and from there will he fetch you and the Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it And he will do you good and multiply you above your fathers. We're talking about the restoration of a holy nation, brothers and sisters. And it's such a blessing to read these words and to look forward for these things to come to pass. Last place, Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30. And we're going to read verses three and four. Jeremiah 30. And we're going to read verses three and four. And it reads For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers and they shall possess it. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and Judah. Oh, brothers and sisters, we look forward to this day, the restoration of a holy nation, but we got a job to do. In between now and that time, we got a job to do. We got a work to do. We got to humble ourselves. We got to pray. We got to seek his face. We got to turn from our wicked ways, so that he can do for us what he promised. I thank you for your time, brothers and sisters. Oh my God, today was such a powerful day and such a powerful lesson. I wanna thank those who are watching via YouTube and thank those who are watching via Facebook Live. If you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour. Somebody from Team Truth Hour, please put it in the comment section. Type your name and the keywords Truth Hour 2024. Again, Truth Hour 2024. Text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-734.